Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. He's your financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving the Carolinas from his office in Colfax. They're right off of Marshall Smith Road. You can find Mike and the team online at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And while you're there, click on the uh, the link for the podcast. You'll be able to listen to some past episodes, subscribe to us on various different podcast resources, I guess is a good way of putting that. And you can always give Mike a call at 336-668-4338. That is 336-668-4338. Mike, my friend, welcome in this week. How are you? I am great, Mark. I hope you're doing good today. I am doing very well. And at the time of this podcast, I'd like to say, I hope that spring is finally on us because it doesn't seem like it wants to make up its mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's been hot, cold, hot, cold. But I'll tell you what's really good is today we didn't have the issues we had with technology. That's true. That is true. And so I will take that any day of the week and the sunshine. And so, hey. There you go. You can't go wrong there. So, Mike, let's talk about our topic this week, conventional wisdom that's maybe not always so wise. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's kind of a lot of these things when you're discussing and talking and thinking about finance and investing retirement, there's kind of those... I don't know, staples in way people think mm-hmm. about things, but sometimes it maybe it's not always the best situation. So let's visit a few of these this week on the show. Okay. And let's start with real estate. Okay. For the longest time, people would say, hey, you can't go wrong with real estate, right? You can look at whoever you want to look at. You can look at these shows that are on TV now. You can look at some rich folks through the years and a lot of them made their, their wealth off of real estate, but that's not always the case. And it certainly has changed. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of people that have done well with real estate. Yeah. Uh, usually, there are people that are in this full time. That's their business. Uh, I can think of one person in particular who's done fairly well with real estate, and he occupies a big white house. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking of that. Well, there's one person that we could easily, you know, target there. Yeah, he, yeah exactly. You know, so that was his he, obviously career for a long time, right? Oh, absolutely. Still is for that matter, but he's just kind of gone on a little hiatus for a few years. That's true. Um, but quite frankly. He's used bankruptcy laws a couple of times because of issues with real estate. It is not just a slam dunk. It's not a given that you're going to be successful. So even guys that are well financed with hundreds of millions of dollars or even billions of dollars, they can have their their difficulties there. So and, you know, that's a good place just to think about it, because I know years ago I dabbled a little bit in the oil and gas business and I was out in Colorado with some guys. And the one thing that they said is don't go invest in one oil well because your chances are one in 10 that you'll hit and the other 90% are probably going to come up dry. So, you know, it was always be diversified. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That goes really, really well for all kinds of things you're considering. So if you're looking at real estate, don't try and be a one-trick pony. You better be prepared to do a few different kinds of deals or different deals, period, Yeah, if you're going to do it. And, you know, what's interesting, though, about real estate is it's a boom or bust type industry. There's a lot of money can be made, and it can be handed back really quick, too, just depending on how you structure yourself with debt, with the types of real estate you're doing. Are you doing new construction? Or are you doing existing stuff, um, multifamily, what have you? Right, right. If you look at prices over the last 10 years, you know, back 10 years ago when the housing crisis occurred, people said it's never going to come back. Well, guess what? 
it's right. not <laughs> really come back. <laughs> right. You know, it's not and, that uh, much different than what it was price wise. Right. Yeah. Very, very much like it was. So a lot of things there to consider. And when you look at that segment of investing versus investing in the market where you have quite a diversification by being in a variety of companies in different industries and all that sort of thing, the stock market, that is just such a better chance at being successful than in just certain sectors like real estate or oil and gas. Right. Things like and that. if you're talking about as part of your investment portfolio, especially for retirees and pre-retirees, you got to factor in those things that you may not want to do anymore. If you're owning, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing rental properties, there's all of that. Do you really want to yep. deal with that? Are you paying somebody else to deal with it? And just remember, they're not liquid, right? You can't walk right. up to the house and say, hey, give me, you know, 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I you might can get it, but it doesn't take, it's usually it takes, there's a time period. So yeah, yeah. I was out in Arizona recently with a guy who owned some rental property and he was dealing with while we were trying to have a meeting, a renter that had a leak occurring in the house and trying to get that stopped and get someone out there to, yeah. so, you know, that, and they didn't it, care it you were having a meeting. They needed to, that's stopped. right. That's right. They, they need that water to stop. <laughs> that's right. There you go. So that's one place where conventional wisdom isn't always so wise. Another might be, and we'll stay with the house theme here, Mike, around the idea of mortgage. All right. People always say there's good debt and there's bad debt and mortgage is good debt. And I think most of us feel that way. What's your thoughts as to why maybe sometimes it's not always wise? Yeah, well, you know, you're right. There's credit cards, there's car loans, all that kind of stuff that we consider to be bad debt. But, right. you know, I think we mentioned it last time, just briefly in talking about life insurance of all things, that there is a great deal of security in having your mortgage paid for. I can remember my grandfather built his house in 1930 mm-hmm. during the Great Depression and paid cash for it. And he he didn't know what a mortgage was back then. Today, that's a there, lot different. Yeah, you can't really function without it. It really is tough to do it without some mortgage debt. So it's a necessary evil for the most part these days. And you know, certainly can be more advantageous than renting. Some circumstances would dictate against it. But for the most part, it is. And so you know, getting rid of it as soon as possible. We did a 15-year mortgage. Um, you can do a 30-year and just prepay it faster. It just gives you a lot of flexibility to really focus on investing and and doing other things with your money. Well, with the new tax program in place, at least currently, Mike, right? It's also some people say, well, I want to keep the mortgage for the tax benefits. Mm. But that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, Yeah, not not necessarily the case with the uh, doubling of the standard deduction. A lot of people are not itemizing anymore. So it's you're not getting any extra advantage. Yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of people I still itemize. A lot of people do. It depends on what else you're doing besides just a mortgage. Hopefully, if you're filing jointly, you don't have a mortgage that's costing you $24,000 a year in interest. Uh, No, that's the only thing you've got to itemize. Right, exactly. So, yeah, lots of places where, you know, it just may not be the conventional wisdom that it once was and having the conversation with your advisor is always going to be wise when you're talking about any of these scenarios we're discussing here today on the podcast strategic planning with mike flanders this one let's turn it let's make it a little more fun for this one mike the conventional wisdom that retirement is the chance to relax and enjoy yourself after an exhausting career Mm. now our listeners might Mm. say wait a minute now i do want to relax but Ask anybody who's been retired for more than a couple of months, and they're probably going to be like, man, I don't know when I got anything done when I was working because I'm busy all the time now. Yeah, the thing I, I hear a lot is I'm busier now because exactly. I've got so many appointments with doctors, you know, things like that. Or but, the honeydew uh, list. 
Just, just yep, saying. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but I'll tell you a personal uh, experience I had. My dad retired in 1991 and we'd get together occasionally. He, he lives or did live about six hours away from me. So when we got together, he was always wanting to go play golf. And, um, and he actually played golf just about every single day. Well, after a while, I don't remember if it was a whole year or maybe a little longer than that, that got to be pretty boring. I mean, you're just <laughs> going to improve so much. So he quit. In fact, he gave his golf clubs to me. And uh, he um, got back into a little bit of what his career had been. He had been a salesman with Eastman Kodak Company. And so he started taking photos of school kids and doing that sort of thing. And that kind of got a little old after a while because he was having some issues with his feet and standing up and doing that was tough. But got involved with his church doing missions type work and right. helping missionaries. And so, you know, there are a lot of other things you can do in retirement besides just relax and, you know, pick up seashells or. Yeah. Or like uh, you said, even just one thing, right? Sometimes that one, one thing. thing you really want to do, you're like, after a while, you're like, well, how many more times can I do this? Yes. So, yeah, um, exactly. you know, and, and hey, look at it this way. Most of us, I think, aren't really built to relax. You might want to now, from time to time, but overall it does. You, you got to keep moving. Yeah, we're made to work. I mean, yeah. that's that's how we're created to be, is to be working. And uh, you don't have to be a workaholic or anything like that. Exactly. But, uh, you you want to be do involved that in some things yeah. that are helping other people. Yeah. And you can strike that good balance. You know, I've had uh, several surgeries. I'm just under 50, but I've had several surgeries. And, and the, the pain that I experience daily, it's worse mm. if I sit around more. So, you know, for me, sure. it's, you know, more moving. And I know my mom's 78. It's the same with her. So the more she moves, the better she feels. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. one of those things where enjoy retirement when you first get there. And there's those uh, that saying, Mike, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but there's the go-go phase of retirement, the, the slow-go, and then the no-go, right? Huh. And I, if you hadn't heard that. that. Okay, so the go-go phase is when you first get to remi- retirement, you know, you're ready to kind of like get out and do things and enjoy the freedoms that you didn't have while you were working. But then as mm-hmm. you start to get a little further into it, you hit the slow-go phase and you're like, all right, <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as worried about going out and do stuff. And then finally, when your body ailments and your age catches up to you, you're like, I'm staying at home. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, work your way through those things and enjoy those different periods. And I think we can squeeze in one more real quick before we, we wrap up okay. the podcast today. The conventional wisdom of if your investments aren't doing well, switch and try something else. And boy, that just that's bad juju. That just gets you into trouble. If you if you can't kind of be into the game and realize that investing can be a long term deal, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, you really are. And there's a lot of evidence against that. You know, there's a guy, I've forgotten his name now, but he won a Nobel Prize in economics. So he's worth listening to. Sure. He said, uh, trying to time the market in order to be successful and do better than what the S&P 500 does, just owning that which is not diversified. It's not a good idea just to do that. But if you just own that one asset class of large U.S. stocks, Mm -hmm. you've got to be correct 74% of the time on your decisions about when to get in and when to get out of the market or how to time it in order to do better than what you would be just owning a passive S&P 500 index fund. That's incredible odds. I don't like playing odds that are that stacked against me. And in fact, there are basically three ways that you can be investing that can really destroy your wealth. And one is trying to time markets. Another is trying to pick the right stocks to be in or get in or get out of or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then finally is basing your investing decision on someone else's track record. You know, they've done well for X number of years, a year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, and deciding, okay, that's how I'm going to make my investments. Well, there's no correlation to how someone's done in the past to how they'll do in the future. 
they can blow up instantly. Think Bill Miller, Bill Gross, a couple of guys that have just gurus, uh, according to uh, you know the, the investing public, right? Did well for many many years, and then made a mistake in trying to fix the mistake, made it even worse, right. and just finally blew up. <laughs> and totally. it's human error. We 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 do that. It is. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Well, and it's kind of like saying, look, I mean, for a lot of times, that's why you have a plan, right, Mike? I mean, you get a plan mm-hmm. in place. You work with somebody who gets to know you and helps you build a plan that's designed for you, and you work the plan so the plan can work for you. Now, you make minor adjustments along their way. But you let things run their course. Those folks that are, as you you know mentioned, you're constantly changing investments or you're buying this stock or buying that stock. That's okay if you want to do that to a percentage, right? That speculative kind of almost fun money, if you will. Um, right. You know, five, what, 5%, something like that or something. Depends but, on what your situation sure, is as far yeah. as meeting your retirement needs. Yeah, but you, but you just don't want to wander you around, have, you know, aimlessly, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, and the average investor that's doing that kind of stuff, they hardly even make what inflation is in terms of rates of return because they're constantly changing their portfolio. Yeah. And every time you make a change, you're increasing your risk. So you know And you're spending fees. You're starting it all over again. Yeah, the so fees are going. You're making somebody else happy. You're helping some other guy with his uh, Mercedes payment. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly but, what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with it to a degree, but that's why a, you know, a holistic plan that really covers all the puzzle pieces is helpful because you're just not wandering around there out there aimlessly. And again, sometimes people want to have, they want to dabble, they want to do little things, you know, and so mm-hmm. you have that speculative money and that's okay. But definitely having a plan in place is the way you want to go. And that's one of the reasons we do the podcast. We try to offer some, hopefully some useful nuggets of wisdom here from time to time on the program with Mike. And if you've got questions or concerns, well, he's a financial coach. He's been in the uh, financial services industry for over 40 years. So a really great resource for you to turn to. Certainly subscribe to our podcast, listen to us. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, on and on and on. And if you've got questions or concerns, you can always check them out online at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com or call him at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And Mike, thanks for your time again, as always on the program. I appreciate you. Thank you, Mark. It's been fun. Look forward to next time. We'll talk to you next time here on Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders from Strategic Planning Corporation. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, folks. Bye-bye. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.